Luca de Montezimola. Fernando Alonso is suddenly 20 points behind championship leader Mark Webber with seven races to go. You must be very pleased. Obviously, I am very pleased indeed. I think that this is the Ferrari people expect to see. You mean that most F1 fans expect to see Ferrari in the hunt for the championship? No, no, no. I mean, lying, cheating and clearly favouring one driver over the other. This is the Ferrari people expect to see. I see what you mean. We have a long tradition to keep up, you know. And welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed, the most sober audio automotive podcast on the undernet, which is not something we could say about the last time that three of us convened to record. I'm Gareth, he's Zog. Hello. And he's Richard. Hello. Gentlemen, quite a lot has happened in Formula One since we last convened. We, we had the British Grand Prix, and we had the outrage, outrage of the German Grand Prix. Yes. There wasn't one in between there, was there? There wasn't. There, no, there, there, we just moved straight, straight onto the mild outrage yeah. of uh, the Hungarian Grand Prix. There you go. Equally outrageous. So let's come to the outrage of Hungary in a moment. Yes. Uh, but first, I think we should talk about the outrage of Germany, uh, where poor Philippe Massa had to. And I know it's fair play well, to no, Alonso. No, 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 poor Alonso. He, you know, he was having such a hard time winning <laughs> the race. You know, it was a poor little thing, and he needed a little bit of help, and miraculously, he got it. I mean, I don't know about you, but I am sick to death. In fact, I find it ridiculous the number of people who keep getting in Alonso's way when he's trying to win. Yeah, the I, whining, uh, babyish, lisping. T- Bag. I mean, you know, do you, I mean, you, Richard, you speak your mind here about Sorry, how you feel about this. You would think these people <laughs> believe they had some kind of right to, okay. you know, you know, compete against him, exactly. mate. To, to, to try and win the race themselves. That's just <laughs> the only thing. Only thing I can say in the defence of Fernando Alonso. Apparently, it's Alonso, not Alonso. Otherwise, it'd be I a find the word. Is much easier to say <laughs> in any language. But the only thing in defence of him, I, I would say, is that he does say Philippa Massa's name correctly. He calls him oh, Philippa, Philippa, not yeah. Felipe, but Philippa. Oh, well, that's yeah. all right then. We'll forgive his blatant whining yeah, and well, his inability to go past cars in the normal way. Mm, um, you it's know, contractual driving whining. better yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. Because I just wanted to say something, which I think when people were sort of complaining about this, and there were some people saying, oh, no, no, you know, Ferrari was sort of within their rights. Yes, they broke a rule, but the rule is silly. To my mind, yeah, well, the rule is a bit silly because teams, yeah. you know, it is a team, and this has been this point yeah. has yeah. been made. My outrage at the German Grand Prix was twofold. First of all, it was Alonso just being a whining, hopeless little turd, and he should grow up. And secondly, not a Ferrari's bending or breaking of the rules so much as their absolute disregard for the intelligence of every Formula One fan in the world in assuming we weren't going to notice. Well, this is the thing. I mean, the way I see it, Ferrari, they're not being penalised so much for breaking a rule although they did, so much as being punished for being really quite stupid. Mm. You know, they're being punished for being idiots and for treating us like idiots because I think you know, everybody who follows the sport to any degree would know that teams in all kinds of ways find ways of doing that same thing, of getting one of their drivers in front of the other mm. by some means other than having the guy who's behind actually be quicker and make a passing move. Mm. Now, if you're smart, you might do something with some pit stops. Yeah. You know, or and... give the better, more developed front wing to the person on the team who's leading the championship. Yeah, I'm not instance. sure that's necessarily the wisest way of managing that. But that's a whole <laughs> that's a whole other can of worms you're opening there. But they were just, you know, incredibly dumb. 
They told Felipe Massa to move over, and then they claimed they didn't tell Felipe mm. Massa to move over. I have no problem with teams playing that game. I genuinely mean this. If it is a team sport and you've got one guy who's going to win the championship or is in a better position, you have, I believe, in Formula One, every right to switch positions of the cars in the team. I know people say it's denying us of a race, but it's giving us the championship. It's giving us the strategy for the championship. And Formula One is so much more than about passing and overtaking. It's about playing the long game, putting the weekend together, putting a championship together, putting a team together. That's what I believe. And in the grand old tradition of Grand Prix racing, where you'd have drivers hand their car over to the other driver, I think that tradition can continue. My problem is that if it is illegal, which it is under the current manifesto, whatever they call it, rules, um, rules those are the words, <laughs> thank you. If it is illegal, then they shouldn't have done it. And if they were going to do it, they should have chosen a better, more subtler code word. You know, something like, um, Felipe, we have to be a bit more like Keith Chegwin here. You know, use something a bit more obtuse, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, a bit more kind of Dadaist approach. Felipe, I am being attacked by bees. Attacked by bees, Felipe. Uh, just keep calm, Rob. Perhaps they are being attracted by some fruit or anything. I don't think you understand, Felipe. Listen again. My mother makes excellent soup. Excellent soup. That's really interesting, Rob. Well, what flavour is it? I like pea, although I'm also fond of mushroom soup. You're not listening, Felipe. I have decided to join Duran Duran. Do you understand? Well, it's uh, certainly a change of career, Rob. I wish you the very best of luck. I promise you won't forget to do anything anywhere. Oh, for God's sake, just let alone talk past your dick back. Oh, for God's sake. Oh, for God's sake. We got a on speed! I don't necessarily disagree. Absolutely, team sport, etc. But if that's the case, how do you stop teams doing what they did in 2002 and doing a move that, you know, insults everyone, that is that unsporting, that does rob fans of a worthwhile race. How do you do it? I mean, I've got it in my head, but... Well, you, you allow the drivers in the cars to make magnanimous statements like, look, I know I'm leading the race, but if I let the guy behind me, we'll win the championship as a team. I'm going to do that. I don't think anyone in the crowd would have a problem with that. I think that would be part of the drama the backstory, if you like, of Formula One. Oh, I can't imagine any modern Formula One driver who'd let any other driver through there. That's the thing. We're not in the uh, era of Mike Hawthorne Gentlemen or drivers. Gentlemen or... drivers and, and Sterling Moss and people like that, who you'd like to imagine perhaps would. And that's not to say they're any less competitive or any less talented, far from it. But maybe they were just a little more sporting and also, you know, there's less riding on it. And, you know, you weren't going to lose your deal with TW Steel or, or Marlboro or whoever else sponsors you personally as well as on a team basis. So I don't see that happening. But I think if you're going to hire a driver and maybe nominally he's the number one driver, hire somebody who can overtake and is not a big whiny baby. Good idea. <laughs> Bonsoir, sir. Bonsoir. Welcome. Uh, hello. I have a booking in the name of Massa. Masser? Masser. 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 No, I'm sorry, sir. We have no booking for Masser here. Are you sure? Uh, it was made days ago. 
I'm so sorry, sir, but I have looked. We we have no table for mass, sir. It's, uh, oh, wait, no, uh, here it is. Oh, great. Uh, but a uh, Mr. Smedley came in earlier and changed the table to Alonso. Oh, bomb. If the outrage of the German Grand Prix wasn't enough, we were then presented with a further outrage at the Hungarian Grand Prix. Different kind of outrage this time. I think uh, Paul Vettel was outraged to find himself standing on the naughty step. I've never, ever seen anything more like one of my boys being told to stand on the naughty it's, step. It's worth, it's worth stating that both your boys are under 10. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sebastian Vettel's in his 20s, but behaved like he was under 10. And if we're talking about being put on the naughty step, I can't help but thinking of at the German Grand Prix. Was it the radio communication to Petrov? If you, if you can't change up at the right point, we're going to have to turn your revs down. And no seconds for you. This is funny. I think this must go on a lot because, you know, I was in the Renault pit for qualifying at the British Grand Prix, which is one of the single most amazing things I've ever done. It was such an amazing place to be. And we had those headphones where you can hear the whole radio chatter going Mm. between the driver and his chief engineer. Yeah, he was getting all manner of telling off. You don't lift off during a hot lap, Vitaly. It was, yeah. Is that right? Really? I think he's, you know, that's the thing, he's inexperienced shows and he has to be nursed a little bit. Tough love. Well, and and not stay cool, Felipe, baby. It's all kind of, don't do that, you idiot. But fair play to him, you know, Hungarian Grand Prix. Great result. I know. For the first time, he out-qualified Kubica yeah. uh, and got a good result in the race. So, you know, Good timing. Working. In the same couple of weeks when the Genie Group are stuffed for capital to keep the development of the next year's car going, funny, Eric Boulier made the announcement, well, you know, Vitaly needs to up his game to retain his seat next year. And then they have big, big money problems. And then suddenly Vitaly seems to be driving an awful lot better. And we know one of the reasons why he's there. I mean, he's a competent, very competent driver, and I do rate him. But he does bring a certain amount of cash to the team that they wouldn't otherwise have but I, mm. I wish him well I wish him well I do like the idea of a kind of a Russian-Polish battle going on within Renault that, that, that's yeah, just j- just not too much like any of the Russian-Polish battles that might have happened <laughs> but no, this, no actually there's some very very yeah. pleasant bits of 20th century history there hey people <laughs> nearly died at the last race in, in a kind of Polish assault in Hungary when poor old Kubica was uh, I'm very sympathetic towards the drivers poor old Kubica it's a poor old Vettel, I keep saying. Poor old Kubica was released into Sutil, wasn't he? Or was it the other yeah, way around? Oh, it was yeah, nasty. Yes. But then, I don't know what the latest is on this, the latest thinking, but, yeah, he was released too early. It, it was a cock-up. But the truth is that probably the lollipop man was slightly distracted by the uh, wheel bouncing yeah. towards them that yeah. had popped off Rosberg. Rosberg's car. car, yeah. And that was quite a scary moment when that wheel went bouncing towards the pit yeah. crew. Here's the thing. When everyone dives into the pits like that, you know it makes for an exciting spell of the race and you know it's going to spice the race up it just shakes it up and arguably you need that at a circuit like Hungary but at the same time that the safety car's been deployed to keep things safe you're massively increasing the chances of incidents like we saw this time around at Hungary happening in the pits yep. you know, wheels coming off cars crashing at each other because everyone's coming into the pits at the same time everyone's rushing queuing cars up and I don't understand why they don't close the pit lane during the safety car because the only reason they 
opened the pit lane was to allow cars to refuel under the safety car. Yeah. There's no need for that anymore. So, so why is so the pit lane it off? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? There was a minute-long period when it appeared that every pit crew had in some way been replaced by the Keystone Cops because it seemed like everything was going <laughs> wrong at once and people crashing into each other. It's, that's the most extraordinary thing I've seen. Uh, maybe the reasoning is, is they say every solution produces its own problem. Um, one of the reasons that you might allow cars into the pits during a safety car period is that if you've got a safety car out, then you've got people working on the circuit. You've got marshals in a very vulnerable position. So the number of cars you can remove from the circuit, the safer those guys' position becomes. But then it's effectively like taking a loaded bomb and putting it in the pit lane. Well, you so know, it's, it's just moving yeah. the problem. I, I was going to say, I, I don't think that argument has any no, sense in any rational at, at all. all. You know, no. Since when have I made sense? <laughs> Make sense in terms of the show you yeah. know. by that logic they should have a little sort of like effectively they could call it an escape valve which is a road that goes off the circuit and uh, through some local towns and villages get all the Formula 1 cars over there Good away idea. from both the marshals and the engineers in the pit yeah, yeah. Uh, to uh, areas of uh, you know, relatively low population density such yeah. as um, uh, in Silverstone's case I don't know um, Farmers Toaster yeah, um, Toaster, Brackley yeah. Bicester uh, Bicester yeah, Bicester's yeah, nice yeah. Bicester Shopping Village get them going through there yeah the farming community is overstaffed at the moment whereas you know, if you lose a couple of marshals, very difficult to replace. They but are quite Wipe out trained. a couple of yeah. Pe- yeah. people working yeah. the land, yeah. picking potatoes. Yeah. Less it's, of a problem. It's sort yeah. of the equivalent mm. of doing a poo in your living room to keep flies out of your kitchen. Ah, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, mate. Hi, uh, Rich. How are you doing? Good, 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 good. Do you, uh, do you want a drink? Yeah, yeah, I'll have uh, actually come a coffee. Yeah, OK. I'll be in the kitchen. Um, Zog's not here yet. Go into the living room, will you? Yeah, okay, I'll be in cool. a minute. Right, see you in a sec. Oh, my God! What is wrong with you? Actually, I've just realised this is Gareth Jones on Speed, the Daily Mail edition. That's a horrific idea, isn't it? Remind me what it is that we're outraged yeah, about. Yeah, outrage! Uh, the general theme of this show has been outrage, but the... House prices, Princess Diana, immigrants! Oh, it is the Daily oh, Mail. Yeah, it's dodgy yes. health information. It yes, is, yeah, utter yeah. drivel that is the single worst, most cancerous, appalling gumbaggy nonsense they- that ruins this country. Everything that is bad about Britain is encapsulated in the Daily Mail. That kind of moaning, scaremongering, glass half empty, not in my backyard nonsense. Well, uh, and Fred Bassett uh, cartoons. Which yeah, is it's not funny. Stupid. Well, I mean, well um, the only thing that's... They, do they have Snoopy? Oh, do they still? They Maybe, still? Well, let it be said. Snoopy whether, whether Peanuts they- is not and never has been funny. I'm just going to go for the uh, criticism on... The, no, 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 hey, hey, hang on. What? <laughs> wait, wait, wait you, you're criticising Peanuts? This isn't funny. It is funny. It's not funny. I'll oh, get Snoopy, Red Baron. No, I can't that's not Mine, funny. It is funny. No, Garfield no, okay. used to be funny, the, but Snoopy, not funny. We're going to have to just <laughs> leave this one to one side because we're not going to agree on this without Ooh, a, a major argument. We don't have time for it. So, no, but no, I'm just going to say... But, but, <laughs> Rupert the Bear, not funny. Not funny. Uh, sorry, sorry. No, not, not funny. The first but whimsical. Anyway. <laughs> um, no, Danny, but... Uh, no, the, oh, no. It's TV's The thing you have to criticise, above all else, is the irrational rationality yes. of the paper it's that right. whole and I just I, that's the thing I hate and above all else the casual races so Violet has I'm sorry I've step- got something to say <coughs> she's come all the way from her workstation Rupert the bear is not meant to be funny 
Well, it's a good job because he's Are you not. Sure? What's he meant to be then? Incisive satire? Reflective. Well, it's not whimsical. It's just irritating. No, it's not. It's. It was fine in the fifties. That's what annoys me about it. Is the fact that it sort of seems to. It's trying to make out that everything is like the fifties. It's all okay again. It's like a sort of animated bear version of Heartbeat. I know, but forget animation. Uh, You've got. You you have to go back to the actual printed comic strips, and I can remember reading one particular Rupert the Bear story that that was actually really quite. Dark? Quite, yeah, no, it was dark and spooky. It was quite... Is that the uh, one where Rupert killed a guy? <laughs> no, that was uh, that was the one they never published. That no, was that was it was the one where Rupert <laughs> almost the slammed Barrichello into a wall. That's the one in the, bl- one. In the, in the Black Museum of Comics. Right. But, uh, <laughs> it's, a massive, it's a massive parody of the Derek Bentley case. <laughs> Rupert the Bear is the it one. Is. Let him have it, Eeyore. <laughs> oh, that's Winnie the Pooh, isn't it? So Winnie the Pooh's quite funny We sometimes. have gone off topic a little bit, I think. But, yeah, um, we have. What, sorry, sorry, that was my fault. Rupert the Bear is disturbing. You're right. You're right. Thank you. Welcome, sir. Bonsoir, bonsoir. Welcome to our restaurant. Oh, hello. I have a booking in the name of Barry Kello. I'm sorry I'm a little late. The traffic, you know, was terrible. Good evening, good evening. I have a reservation with Schumacher. I'm exactly 35 seconds early for this. Hey, how, I like to appreciate Ma- Michael, the fact that my efficiency is I, still I was supreme. here. I can make Michael, it at any time you you're wish. You're pushing me into the, the wall. Evening. The outrage, which the Daily Mail... Outrage! I I wonder if the Daily Mail said outrage every time it thought about what actually happened. In the last, what was it, the last ten laps of the race, when Barrichello, on better tyres and a better fuel load, in a car powered by a Cosworth engine, came up alongside his old sparring partner, Michael Schumacher, and stuffed it to him. But Schumi was not going to have it, and practically slammed Barrichello into the wall. That was the Schumacher of old, wasn't it, eh? I mean, that was Adelaide again. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, that was... Um, Unre- uh, unreconstructed, old-school Schumacher. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it struck me that he was doing at a, an incredibly bad place on a straight what he might just be able to get away with in some corners. In yeah. other words, squeezing the other guy as he's coming past, you know, to a point where they have to either get out of the throttle or have an accident. Yeah. But it's one thing to do that in a corner. It's quite another to do it when you are next to the pit wall, to a load of concrete. A really horrible, bad bit of driving yeah, that deserved a penalty, uh, uh, even if Rubens did whinge a little bit. Well, he did, but then, I mean, you know, he's, he's, a guy he's just tried to kill him, essentially. He's so. entitled to wine a fair bit. Well, I think the thing is, you can't predict what's going to happen. We have seen this uh, occasionally before. It's all well and good. You could say, well, Schumacher is a supremely gifted driver and has those kind of that sixth sense for you know millimetric precision. Uh, you know, I'm sure he could have come back and gone, look, I knew I'd left exactly a car's gap, but that's not the point. <laughs> the had, wheels could know, have touched. Well, yeah, yeah. And that, you know, both of them pick up in the air, yeah. and then basically Barrichello is sort of pirouetting in the air over the pits and over concrete and all God knows what buildings. Are we not being a little two-faced about this? Because we're being really hard on Schumacher here for playing a hardball game, which he's always done. Yeah. And yet we revere Senna, who played very much the same game, had that ability to have millimetre precision on corners, and yet 
would, again, not even flinch about taking someone out or putting himself in a position that they've either got to back off or they'll hit the wall or okay. hit the spin off. Yeah, but, but, yeah, but I don't think, but I don't I would think say Barrichello that... had much option to lift off, really. I mean, I guess he really could have done an extremist, but it was all too close for comfort. And yeah, you're I, right, I yes, agree, we revere but... Senna, but that doesn't mean you can't also say that sometimes Senna was a complete b- and he behaved in a way that probably uh, endangered others' lives. It, 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 it get emotional about it. They're racing drivers. That's what they do for a living. They're yeah. putting their lives on the line anyway. Mm. But um, but no, I think she's yeah, just I, a bit of a and he shouldn't have done it. I think his sap was rising because it was his old you know public school slang. I think you'd call him his fag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the whipping boy that used to keep his loose seat warm and stuff. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we'll see it developing in the same way when sometimes a massa will be driving for a different team and will come up behind Alonso and the lisping idiot will get all cross <laughs> that his old uh, whipping boy isn't doing what he's supposed to anymore. Can I say something more about this? When they announced uh, on the coverage that Schumacher was going to be investigated after the race yeah. for his actions, I was kind of expecting him to be investigated by the authorities for attempted murder because if. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's very much the game that they're playing. You know, it's just beyond reason because that wall well, uh, was a bit too much. No, what he did was certainly reckless. You know, uh, but as you say, you know, they're, they're racing drivers. They accept a fair degree of risk to life and limb in what they do. And if you're going to have people racing for position on track, you know, there is an inherent danger in that. And there are absolutely going to be times when somebody will make a move without any intention to hurt somebody, but as an unintended consequence of what they've done somebody gets hurt. It might be them, it might be somebody else, and that is part of the sport. And sometimes, you know, to be honest, that is part of its appeal. You know, some drivers would admit this, they they would not find the sport as satisfying if there wasn't an element of danger to be confronted. And we admire them more for what they do and find it more fascinating because they're facing up to that danger. And let's be honest, the Hungarian race, uh, sometimes in the past, has been a little bit boring. You couldn't say that Sunday's race was boring. So you're right. There's an appeal there for us. We're talking about it now. Jobs mm. are good and Formula One is quite interesting at the moment. Mm. I'll say two things. First of all, I reckon Massa's going to leave Ferrari and join Williams replacing Barrichello in a year or two. And then you'll get your moment where Massa comes up behind Alonso. to pay good money to see there. Why Why And... Could this be the first ever episode of Gareth Jones on Speed where we've talked about Formula One and we haven't mentioned Lewis or Button? He was Zog. Goodbye. He was Richard. Lewis Button. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, sorry. She was Violet. Bye. And I was Gareth. Next episode, Gareth Jones on Speed, is our annual music stereo special. So you can have some tunes while everybody goes on holiday just like Formula One. See you then. Bye. To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site or follow us on Twitter, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones!